Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. So Beef, I gotta bring in a friend of mine, Smitty. Me and him was desk partners back in initial flight training. Cool, man, let's do it. All right, Smitty, you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. All right, man, how you been? How's life in Boston? Oh, man, I've been good, man. I haven't been too bad. I've been here for a little over a year. It's cold as hell up here in the wintertime, but <laughs> summer, the summer times is humid because we buy, you know, we buy, like, the water and everything. But it's a, it's a lot of opportunity out here, a lot of things to do and get in, so. Oh, nice. How's uh, Boston University? You're working there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm at BU. Uh, BU is pretty, it's pretty cool. It's So where the location is at, it's, it's on Commonwealth, and it's right next to Fenway. That's where I work at. So I'm like right across the, the road from Fenway. So I catch, you know, the baseball game a few times, and that's pretty good. You're right around the corner from Boston College, right? So, yeah, Boston College is it's a little bit up the road in Chestnut Hill. Yes, yeah, a little right. bit. Of, oh, yeah, it's not too far from us. So, does Boston take college football seriously, or is this just an NFL town with all kinds of other sports? The last ten years that have been rocking in Boston. Well, I'm gonna tell you like this: Boston is definitely okay. It's an all sports town because it's a championship city. Like the Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots. You know, they pretty much are all sports team professionally. You. You still got Patriots fans, but it's kind of like since Brady left, it, it kind of dwindled down. But when it comes to football, yeah, Patriots over over the over the Eagles. But when you go to Boston College, you do have that that pocket of college football atmosphere out there because it is your traditional campus, and it's not like how Boston University is. It's smack dead in Boston. Boston College is is really in a kind of collegiate atmosphere. But the games are only really kind of, I want to say, more intense when you get Clemson to come up here and play. Because, you know, they're in the ACC, so. No, that makes sense. I could see it being more of a pro town. Like, you know, the Red Sox and the Patriots. So And, and even hockey-wise, they've been really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, not not to talk hockey and all that, but, man, those, I don't know if y'all, you know, follow it, but the Bruins, they have pretty much a good record. Going into the NHL playoffs, I think they were like number one. They had the best record. They has got booted out <laughs> in the first round. So, you know, people were kind of like uh, butthurt about that. So, so Smith, you're a Buckeye fan from Michigan. How's it like dealing with uh, all the Michigan fans I know you grew up with up in that area? Yes, I am a Buckeye fan, but let me make a correction. I'm not from Michigan. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Detroit, Wayne County. So the state of Michigan, I say this because the state of Michigan, they never really gave a damn about us in Flint, you know, especially when it comes to, I'm going to keep the political talk out, but anyways, I'm from the state of Detroit. That's why I always go by. But yes, I am a Buckeye fan, thinking through. So how's it uh, dealing with those Michigan fans up there? Look, bro, it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes, but you do got like, all right, so Cass Tech. It's a high school in Detroit, very famous high school in Detroit. Ohio State. Who's on the recruits? Exactly, man. Exactly. Like a lot of recruits came out of um, Cass Tech. So you kind of seen the city shift 
throughout the years. I grew up 80s, 90s era to where most of Detroit was pretty much Wolverine. It was maize and blue. Over time, it started kind of balancing out to green and white, half Michigan State, half um, Wolverine fans. And then pretty much after that, Ohio State started recruiting real heavy in the city. Me personally, I went to college after high school. I went to college in Ohio. I went to Bowling Green State. Shout out to Bowling Green State, by the way. So I I never did growing up. I never did like the Wolverines. I didn't care too much for the Spartans. I had family that lived in South Bend, so I watched pretty much Notre Dame games, and I watched a lot of um, Buckeye games. And my sister was a uh, fan of uh, Ohio State, too. She went to college in Ohio, so that's that's kind of like where we at with that. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you, you get your little heckles here and there, but, you know, hey, I don't give a damn about them, you know? <laughs> you a big Mike Weber fan, then, from Cash Tech? Yeah, bro, I remember him. He, um... I remember when seeing his um, highlights, even when he was playing at Cassette, and he was beasted, man. I think he came in a little bit behind Zeke, and I was yeah. happy for him when he got to, to Ohio State. But, man, I just was like, man, I feel like he, he could have stayed at least one more year before he before he went to the draft, man. It's hard as a running back, man. Sometimes you feel like you got to make your move because you don't have an age. You know, your age is a little bit limited in the NFL. Like, you get old quick. It's not like you're a wide receiver or a corner, man. You, you just you age out quickly. So it's a tough Where was old Craig Krenzel from? He wasn't from Detroit area, was he? Krenzel? I'm trying to think. That's a good question, man. He's from Michigan. I know that, but I don't know where. Yeah, same. I'm not sure where. I don't think he's from inside of Wayne County. I think he was from, like, Ann Arbor. He might have been. He might have been. That I can't recall because I don't remember. I don't remember hearing about his hometown necessarily. If he's from outside of Wayne County, that's that's why I tell you this. Come back to what I say. If you outside, outside of Wayne County, County, who knows? Yeah, if you outside of Wayne County, you in the state of Michigan. I don't really follow you like that. Sterling Heights, <laughs> wherever the fuck that is. Oh, Sterling Heights. Okay, so that's the thing. It's not in Wayne County. Sterling Heights is actually in Macomb County. Yeah, so he's from the state of Michigan. No, he's not from the city of Detroit. He's north of uh, Wayne County. Uh, so with Jim Harbaugh, he's uh, obviously good with uh, hamburgers lately. Does he have a burger joint in Detroit or Ann Arbor? Has he got something local up there? So this is the thing. I've been been active duty for a little over 18 years now. When I go back home, I barely pay attention to what's going on in the city like that. If he does, I'm unaware of it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But but one thing, I will try to find a health inspector's number and try to call and um, have them inspect their face. Oh, so it was you that uh, called the NCA on him about his free cheeseburgers. Oh, man. You know what? It is, I feel like they could have they extended the suspension a little bit more. <laughs> he got out of it. Man, I th- so they turned it down? They did, hey. but there's more pending punishments coming. So It's highly questionable. What it seems like to me is he is just delaying the inevitable, and then he's going to the NFL next year. He just wants a shot at that natty this year. That's where I would go with it. Oh, man. So this is the thing. If, I guess if the suspension holds up or if they do implement it, it's going to be pretty much for the first three, four, you know, probably like the little soft part of the schedule. There's no way in hell they're going to take them out 
sort of... Oh, like, no. They, they came out and said that the suspensions are no longer happening. They re- they refused to agree to that. The NCAA did. So he's good for this year, but next year they might be laying the ball down. We'll see how that handles. We'll see... We'll see how that works. Yeah, that's a weird situation for the NCAA to be like, you know what, we're not going to suspend you, but we're going to look at this. I mean, they don't normally act like that. That's not normal. Yeah. That's not normal process and procedure for the NCAA. I don't know they what's do. going on. That's real fucking weird. Yeah, they usually go after you, but you know what? I'm going to say this. The NCAA of today is different than the NCAA the past few years, especially now with the new NIL deal, which I'm glad they implemented. But at the same time, it's like now they can't ding you for like little shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. For the stuff that people need anyway, man. Why not have a fucking charger? Exactly. I mean, a Lamborghini. If someone wants to give you a car, take it. I love when people say these guys are... You know, like any other student, they can get jobs. They don't understand what it's like to be a Division One athlete at a program like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Alabama. Like, you can't have a full-time job and be a full-time student and be a full-time player. Like, it's not happening. Exactly. I mean, hell, you look at a lot of the universities. If it wasn't for college football, I mean, all the, all the athletic departments, they do their thing. Basketball, you know, women's basketball, women's sports, you know, all they do their thing. They get their funding. But football is pretty much king dangling in college. Oh, it pays for everybody to have their sports, man. If it wasn't for football, you wouldn't have a swim team. You wouldn't have a track team. Like, they pay for everything. Exactly. Exactly. If they take their ball and go home, all those other sports are gone. And the pool's giving up. Definitely. Yeah, let's get into O State's schedule. What do you think about setting off in Indiana? All right. So this is the thing, man. I looked at their schedule, and I'm like, man, look, we kind of got like a little tricky schedule. That first game against Indiana, it's not – Indiana's not a cupcake team. They always do some little some little trickery shit. Like, I'm not talking about plays yeah. or nothing like that, but you can't sleep on Indiana, Purdue, those, those schools that are not big juggernauts in the Big Ten like that. You can't sleep on them. So – I, I I think all state is gonna win that game. I think it's gonna be they they're gonna have like a little. It's gonna be like a box match. The first quarter, second quarter, you're trying to really fill the opponents out. You're trying to fill you got each you know play scheme out. But I feel like Ohio State will take that first game. The Indiana game, that's in Bloomington too. Ohio State does still snatch that game. Those next five games on their schedule are that's kind of a juggernaut. Maryland. Is going to be right. good. They got some firepower. They were eight and five last year. Purdue, right. like you said, you don't sleep on going to Purdue, so they'll be at Purdue. Mm-hmm. He's got a brand new coach. Right. See how that goes. And, and this then, Purdue they, team won the Big Ten West last year. People forget that. Right, for sure. Exactly. So and a whole game. I'm gonna say this too. You know what game? On like the first few games on the schedule, well, the one that sticks out to me is that I believe it's that fourth game against Notre Dame. It's at night and it's in South Bend. That shit might—I don't know, man. That I do see Ohio, and I'm—I'm I'm a realist. I'm—I'm I'm a realist Buckeye fan, but I do feel that that game is going to be very close. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, man. Know. Sam Hartman comes in for Notre Dame. Sam Hartman's a real deal, man. He he was doing work out at Wake Forest. He turned Wake Forest into an ACC team to be reckoned with. So yep. now put him in Notre Dame. Yeah, better watch out. Yeah. So then coming off of Purdue, 
They go to Penn State. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they got Penn State at home. After going to Purdue, they got Penn State, then at Wisconsin for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Fickle, a night game. Uh, Camp Randall, jump around on Halloween. Boy, that stadium is going to be rocking. Yeah, that shit's going to be good. Hey, man, you going to that one? Oh, you know it. Yeah. You know it. Come on out, Smitty. Man, I, oh, I, I got to come out Madison, man. I've never been on that side of the Mississippi in the Big Ten Conference. Hey, come on out, man. You know, I'd love to take you to a Wisconsin game, get you a little Badger fever. Man, you know I got the house here, so you ain't got no expenses. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Hey, man, the, hey. Don't open the door too wide for me, man. I'm telling you, I'm going to kick up my feet. <laughs> hey, man, come <laughs> kick up your feet. Yeah. Then, of course, that big one at the end, man. You want to talk about the schedule? When it comes to Ohio State, the only thing that matters for them, as y'all know, because y'all are Buckeye fans, is Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they're playing in Ann Arbor. It's the best Michigan team that they've probably ever had under Jim Hardball. And definitely the Bruh. best they've had in probably, I don't know what, since Bo's time? Mm-hmm. Maybe back to the 97 uh, team? NIL fan votes top 25 has a number one. Michigan's a number one. You know what? I hate to say it, man. But you know what? This would make rivalry games, robbery games, man. You, it has to be competition on both ends. But they coach Day's job, man. This the, this was the thing. People were saying, is he in the hot seat? Cause not yet. Not yet. This is the thing. I, I don't think so either. Not quite, because he's gotten us to the playoffs. He we we yeah. play we played the defending champs last year, you know. However, we lost to Michigan twice in a row. Yeah, three times. Whoops. Bro, that cannot happen. <laughs> three times. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. Like, man, people like mm-hmm. it, this is the thing, people, if you're not from the Big Ten, man, you just don't understand this. When it comes to this game against the team up north, man, you can go undefeated the whole season if you lose that game against the Wolverines. Uh-huh. Like, that many times in a row, your job is done, man. I don't give a damn if you got a Heisman uh, win- winner in that. With a that fucking daddy. I don't it doesn't matter. I don't give a damn if you make it to the Big Ten Championship, bro. Like, no. That's a big no-no. No, it begins there and it ends there. And I think uh, both I mean, Michigan fans and Ohio thing, State fans will say that. I think the only thing they could save his job is the natty if he loses to Michigan this year. All I'll say I mean, is Ryan Day better get some more of his beer dye ready because this schedule is going to give him some grace. He better get that dye ready. Hey, look, I, I will take a natty. I ain't going to lie to you. I would definitely take a natty. But... Yeah. Man, get, like I, I want that Michigan ass whooping, man. And that to me, that just that you just you guys don't know, man. It's sometimes pure hell being in Detroit, but stepping foot outside of Wayne County too, and dealing with those damn fans. I have family members that are Wolverine fans that for the past couple of years they've been sticking it to me. Oh yeah, and they they had every right to stick it to you, man. They can fucking dig that knife in and just. Turn it. Keep turning that right in your back, man. Oh, yeah. They deserve it. Fuck it. <laughs> and I, you know, because I was giving them shit, too, when, you know, I was I was giving them shit when they when they had their days, when they had their years, when they was just getting their ass kicked. So, you know. just 18, not a big deal. <laughs> 18 years. Exactly. But, you know, this year, man, yeah, it's... 
it's no doubt, man. Like we we definitely need to put the hammer on the ass. Yeah. For sure. And with that brand new quarterback, oh shit. Yeah. That, that's where that Indiana game is like, you know what? Stroud struggled that first year against Minnesota when we were there. We we're at that game. Me and AJ. So you might have a struggle like the first couple games. And hopefully mm-hmm. they're ready to rock and roll by Notre Dame. Yeah. Do you guys, who do you feel like, because from what I'm taking from it, it's going to be a QB battle, but who do you think is going to be kind of like, I guess, like the go-to quarterback in that game? Like they're saying, if it's a close call, you got to go with the young gun, man. Uh-huh. Brown, get him in there. Like, if it's close enough and he only has two years in the system versus yeah. a three-year guy, cut the old guy loose, cut the chains off, get him out. And he he can run. Yeah. Brown can run. He's been there. He, he bought his time, and his time has come and gone from the sounds of it. You know, what they're letting loose to the media right now is it's a tight battle. If it's that title battle, you got to give it to the young gun, man. I hear you. And you know what? This this my thing. Excuse me. When it comes to the NCAA now, what college football is today, is very mm-hmm. quarterback heavy. And sure. This can't rely on, on on the pocket QB. Like those days, you know, I hate to say it's long gone. It's more dual. If his speed and his mobility is a lot better, you got to go with him. And McCoy, I saw a little bit of him last year. Um, I think it was like in that Toledo game when, you know, when Allstate was up pretty much high in the game. So they started putting, putting uh, you know, the backups in. I saw him in the Toledo game. It was another game I saw him in. I mean, he, he looked pretty good, but then again, you're going against Toledo. It's deep in the game. You guys are kicking ass. So I, I want a guy that that's, that has accuracy, that has power, that's, that's, that has great awareness, but also is very mobile. I want to say one more thing, and then we'll get you out of here because I want to touch yeah. in on, on, on Devin Brown. So Devin Brown came in with Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers was like the number one quarterback of all time coming out of high school. And this guy did not back down. He didn't leave. He's like, no, I'm here for this competition. I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat him. This is my job. This is my place. That's my position. And I think he brings that mentality. I don't think he's gonna be denied, man. I think he's gonna get named the starter just because he has that that dog in him like that. And I, you know, I have to take a dig at those Buckeye fans by saying dog. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like I, I want somebody like that. I want someone that has that mentality. That feel like that's their that's their position. I like, I'm going to get it by any means necessary. But not only that, that can possibly win over the locker room too. Oh, no doubt. But man, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Smitty. Man, it was a good conversation. Love to have you come back on and, and talk some some ball with you, man. You know, I miss sitting next to you at old initial flight training and, and talking ball. Oh yeah, definitely, brother. Man, me too, man. I, I appreciate both of you guys having me on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. I ain't no problem. Hey, thanks for coming, man. We enjoyed it. Anytime yeah. you want to come talk some football, especially when season starts, you want to talk some trash about the bitches up north, let us know. <laughs> we'll do. Appreciate it. Hey, AJ, I think we got a smelly beaver on the line. You want to answer that? Hey, you want to that smelly beaver. Get him on the line. You think? My beaver so, might be smelly, but it's good. <laughs> hey, I like that. <laughs> hey, it can smell all it wants as long as it's good. We'll take it. So we're going to call you Smelly Beaver, or do you got a name? Smelly Beaver works for me. All right, Smelly Beaver, here it is. All right, so I, I got to get you a question here, Smelly Beaver. How excited are you about your two running backs, Katron Allen and Singleton? 
and don't forget to put pots in there. He's a transfer. I think we have two 1,500-yard running backs and then a third down running back that can come in and help us when we're tired. We have depth at the running back position, and I think we might scare the Big Ten a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely uh, definitely looking loaded this year. Best Penn State team in quite a while. We have a good offensive line. We develop good tight ends every year. So how do you feel about coaching staff Franklin? Manny Diaz in the second year, and Mike Yurich uh, heading into football season. Well, Franklin, I'm a big fan of him. He has a good team this year, and uh, Diaz is a former head coach, so he's going to fit right in. He's going to move the football. And the uh, OC, he's, he has had, had experience throughout the Big Ten, too, with Austin, Texas on his board as offense coordinator there. So I think if I was Ohio State or Michigan or anyone in the Big Ten, I'd be, be fearful of Penn State. Fearful of oh, Penn State. Shit. They got that new quarterback coming in from Ohio. Yeah. Is going to be the real deal? Yeah, he stole my run out of your backyard. When Buckeye Nation, you guys are sleeping on the job again, taking a five-star quarterback <laughs> out of your backyard. Hey, hey, turn around, fair game. We got one, Kyle McCord. He might even start. Oh, he did come from Pennsylvania. That's right. Anyways, how do you feel about Drew Aller in comparison to Sean Clifford? Sean Clifford, you know, he's been there for like 50 years, so it's kind of – and a new quarterback John in the Clifford system. Was, John Clifford was a good quarterback in his own right, but he kind of held Penn State behind, I think. Durall has a better arm, better accuracy. He's going to get the ball down the field, and he's going to be able to beat the Ohio State and Michigan teams, or maybe the teams coming in next year. We have a, a five-star quarterback that can score touchdowns now instead of holding us back a little bit. Beef, you, uh, you got a question for him? Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to Beaver Stadium? Nobody get a lot of beaver. Ask your mom. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's a great place to be, man. It is an awesome stadium. You got to check it out, man. And you're not a true fan unless you get there. I'll get there someday. It's on my bucket list. And just spend that fucking money and go. Why not? You don't sound like the type of guy that has kids or anything. Or a wife. I just get a lot of beaver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with new additions in the Big Ten, you know, with USC and UCLA coming, and now Oregon and Washington, the Big Ten said Ohio State and Penn State's not a rivalry. Do you think it's a rivalry? If so, are you upset that it's not a protected game going into the future? It can be a rivalry when both teams are on top of their game. In Penn State, we haven't been on top of our game in the last couple of years, but when we are, it is a rivalry, and it should be protected. But so many rivalries are unprotected nowadays with the new expansion, so it doesn't really matter anymore with true rivalry games. Yeah, I mean, we kind of lost some of that tradition with uh, the expansion, but we're going to have some better games. Uh, so who from out west, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, who are you most excited about to have in that I see Oregon, I see Oregon Beaver Stadium wide out in the snow. That'd be pretty epic. I think they have a good offense, and they played play well. We, we kind of resemble each other. Good talent, both teams. It'd be exciting to watch. In a whiteout in the snow in November. That would be pretty fucking awesome. Got my blood boiling. I'm ready to go. Start football season now. I think we're going to pick apart Ohio State's weak defense with our two running backs, two tight end sets, and a good quarterback. You guys might want to watch out this year. You don't think our $2 million man can handle it? Handle that pressure? He went home against score on his bicycle through your defense. It's not hard to do. <laughs> Uh, so, with that being said, man, who do you think is a bigger challenge, Ohio State or Michigan? Who uh, who puts fear in the Beaver more? Probably Michigan this year because they have more returning starters. Ohio State lost their quarterback, and we, we can take advantage of that. 
put your, uh, I know he's not a freshman, but you put your quarterback in situations he's not used to, and the sky's the defense, we can beat him. So what, what do you pick Penn State to finish in the Big Ten East? We're going to go 11-1 and make the Big Ten championship and make the playoffs for the first time in Franklin's career. It's a pretty big prediction. Lofty expectations. We'd be Ohio State, Michigan. No, we beat Ohio State, and we go beat Michigan, and Michigan beats Ohio State, so we get the tie, and we go to playoffs. Oh, man. That actually is a pretty good breakdown. That's that's possible, but you know what happens then? You go to the overall record. They're playing Northwestern as a crossover game. So if you go we got West Virginia, game, too. But it's crossover in the Big Ten. It doesn't even matter who you're out of conferences. Northwestern is going to weigh you down. If you get that three-way tie, it goes to the Buckeyes, most likely. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you calling in, Smelly Beaver. Gave us a little insight on, on what's happening over there in Beaver Stadium. You got to share this uh, podcast with all your beaver friends over there, all those smelly girls you've been getting. Be a good yeah, beaver about, and share a I'm good beaver. Go, I'm about to go visit a beaver now. I'm going to share the information and pass it on. Uh, you have to call back go in Go Beaver sometime. Nation! Go Beavers! Go Beavers! We are, we are. Penn State! Hey, let's get uh, Jamie, Jamie the Duck on the line. Jamie, you there? Yeah, I'm here, and I'm happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, West Coast representative. Thanks for coming back, man. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Glad to talk with the likes of you guys, Big Ten backers here. Hey, appreciate it. B, you got something for him? Hey, man, he's he's about to be a Big Ten backer. 2024, you're in. <laughs> you know, we went to the dog pound. We seen this sad little puppy, and we decided we'd bring him home and take care of him. Hey, man, we ain't puppies. That's that's the Huskies out there, but we, we're some ducks. I don't know if that's more ferocious, though. Hey, no, it works. You ever ran into a Canadian goose? Man, them things don't play. Yeah, you're right. So... With the realignment and everything, things are changing quickly. And we've had some posts on our site talking about Pac-12 championship being in Vegas. I heard you've been there before. What are your thoughts about the Big Ten having that rotation in Vegas, baby? Yeah, no, I I have been there. And honestly, it was great watching a a Pac-12 championship, other than the fact that I watched my ducks get destroyed by those Utes. Utah travels well to Las Vegas, that's a heads up. But... Honestly, watching a game at Allegiant Stadium, it's a great stadium. It's it's clean. It's got that beautiful black and silver color. It's everything about it is beautiful. I've I've been to a championship game there. I've I've taken two tours of the the field myself, and and honestly, I love a lot about it. But what I love most is that it's it's truly feels kind of like a neutral site with having no no home team there. There, you can fly easy. There's hotels, and uh, as long as I don't lose all my money at the craps table, then uh, it's going to be a good time. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for yeah, it. It'll be a great trip. It might be a little bit of a problem for all these Midwesterners coming there and not really knowing the ropes of Vegas. The brutally honest people, they might get some of those hookers coming at them and not really knowing that they're actually hookers. I think some of them, you know, say from Penn State, might be dumb enough to fall for the Elvis and actually think it's him. <laughs> yeah, as long as the uh, Michigan fan sisters aren't there, I think Michigan fans will be all right. Is this going to be have to be a rotational basis? Because I don't think Big Ten is going to give up Indy that easy. Yeah, you know, speaking on my side is I don't follow. I haven't followed a ton of the history of the Big Ten, and that's something that you guys have a lot of. And so I'd be a little hard pressed to take away 
the championship being an indie, but I would like to see it on a rotational basis now that you're seeing four teams come over from the West Coast, offer a little bit, you know, a change of venue, not having any teams there like I talked about before, not having a home team. It kind of makes it, you know, an easy destination for everybody to travel to. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it on a rotational. I don't know if I'd say heck yeah about having it as the only spot, but rotational, I think, would, would give everybody what they want out of this. So I think I think Rose Bowl is also an option for us to do on a ro- on a rotational basis. Rose Bowl would be good. I am going to be sad to see that go with Pac-12 being dissolved and having you know that was our history. The pa- best team in the Pac-12 and the best team in the Big Ten. That's who dukes it out, and that could offer some history there. But honestly, I, I'd choose Vegas over over the Rose Bowl. But that's just me. It's easier to travel to. What about the uh, Ram Stadium there in L.A.? Would that be a better option than the Rose Bowl? I mean, just because it has nothing to do with USC, then uh, I'd, I'd love that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so down to the history, man. Like, I don't think anybody in the Big Ten really cares about the history of playing in Indianapolis. To me, from my point of view, and I don't speak for every Big Ten fan, but I think it's just the point have it closer to, to the region so we can go. So that's the only reason I like to have it on a rotational basis. It's much easier to make a trip to Indianapolis, but it's also more fun to go to Vegas. So, you know, tomato, tomato. Vegas was, you know, the more it sounded like is you just go back and forth between the two. Just keep it those two, Vegas, Indianapolis. Keep it simple, and that'd be a blast. I mean, you get it one time out in the West, one time in the Midwest, and everyone's happy. I think it pleases all audiences there, you know, having that rotation. And I think everybody's going to come out happy with that. All right, so let's get on some ducks. Did you see that bodacious sign there in New York? Yeah, I don't know who missed it, but Phil Knight knows what he's doing. Didn't really help Joey Harrington uh, 12 years ago, seeing as how he ended up fourth place in the Heisman vote. But Nike's back in their boy again and got that billboard up there. I, I hope it's up there all season long like it was for Joey Harrington. Yeah, I'm, I think it's a big statement. It, I think it's a recruiting tool, and I think it's definitely you know putting Bo on the map. I think he's been a little bit disrespected coming into this season as far as where his spot on the, the Heisman race is, but I think Phil Knight put everybody on notice and, and put him on people's radar. Are you calling for him to be in New York? I, I'm calling for him to have a seat at the table. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a shot at going to New York. I, I don't know if he ends up being the guy. I, I'm a pretty realistic Oregon Duck fan. I, I think that it's going to be one of three Pac-12 quarterbacks, if not two of them, that are going to be sitting at that table you know, when it's time to announce the Heisman. Like, he's kind of, like, held down a little bit, Bo Nix. Do you think any of that's coming from the Georgia game last year? I think it has a little bit to do with it. I think that, rightfully so, I mean, Oregon came out there with high hopes, and they were honestly ranked way too high with a new head coach, a new quarterback, and, and playing the top team in the nation. And now they got smacked, and it was embarrassing, but... You know, I think it brought the Ducks down to earth and able to grind from there without those heavy, heavy hopes. So, yeah, I think that some of that's carried over from like that was the big game where that happened. But also, I think that his season, you know, wasn't 100 percent what it could have been if it didn't if he didn't get that ankle injury, you know, towards the end of the season. And I think that has a big factor in it. I think if we see a a healthy Bo next week, we might be seeing him there in New York. Yeah, speaking of Bo Nix, do you think he goes over or under 3,800 yards? 38, that's a big number. My checking on that with Bo Nix throwing for almost 3,600 yards last season, you know, I, I don't know if he, 
even touch that. I think he might be around that 3,600 mark again. I think he had to throw a little more towards the end of the season because he couldn't run. He's a versatile quarterback, and he's somebody who can use his feet. He's also somebody who can pass. I think he was, you know, you might have to check me on this, but I think he was the most accurate passer in college football last season. I think there's a possibility those numbers go up. You look at their offensive coordinator with Will Stein coming over from UTSA. Their quarterback threw for over 4,000 yards last season. So, you know, a new offensive coordinator, but uh, I think it's on par. I think Bo Nix is where he feels like home. He had a crappy first game against Georgia like we've already talked about, and it only only grew from there. And so I think there's a chance, but if I was a bet man, I, I bet he's just under that 3,800 mark. I think he can get there. I think four is realistic, but I think he could just fall under. I think it's a pretty good over and under line. It's kind of hard to figure out where he's going to be, but he's definitely going to be close to that. So what about the Ducks gives you confidence this year? And what are your biggest fears for him? Man, I think number one, I could answer that with the same answer for both, and that's Dan Lanning. I think we have a ton, a ton of faith in him, but I also that comes with if he's learned from some of the risks that he took last year. I think there were times when we were in positions that he made some gambles that a first-year head coach is going to make, but it's about learning from him. He's been solid in recruiting. He's been solid in coaching, and I think that that's what we've been lacking is is that recruiter slash coach. We haven't had the guy who can bring the people in and you know run a team and get develop that game plan. And I, I think he's the guy, but I also – if he's the same guy taking those those risks that a first-year coach might be doing, I, I think we we might miss out on that one or two games that we truly need. Another side that worries me is, is the offensive line. We've been so solid at offensive line for a while. I think last year we had a unit that had the most combined starts out of any team in college football. So we're going to have a young O-line, but I think they're talented guys and – I believe in our offensive line coach. Uh, we, we snagged him back. He, he was one of our grad assistants, and he actually was coaching, seems odd, but defensive line for the Minnesota Vikings. So we, we got him back to be our offensive line coach, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting year for Oregon. They're going to be right there in the race with everybody in the Pac-12 and compete for a playoff spot. So why not Oregon, right? Absolutely. Well, let's look ahead at the schedule. And break down that Texas Tech game for me, because it looks like it could be a sneaky good game. Yeah, AJ, that definitely is a sneaky good game. We got it marked on our calendar. September 9th, we're, we're ready to play. But the thing is, is Texas Tech is coming for us that game. You look at their starting quarterback, he's a familiar face. He was recruited, he recruited us, he signed with us, and he played two years. He played a year behind Justin Herbert. In 2019 and 2020, he was set to be the guy, and we brought in a transfer quarterback known as Anthony Brown, who's now a backup for Lamar Jackson in the NFL. He ended up missing out his opportunities and decided to transfer out to Texas Tech. You know he's had this game marked on his calendar for a long time, and he's ready to play. What you're saying is he couldn't handle the duck? He, he couldn't find a way to start there, but I think he's a talented kid, and, I, and there's no hard feelings there with him. He, he couldn't handle the heat in Oregon, that mild 70-degree temperature, but he's got a place there in Texas. Yeah, Texas Tech is fringe, top 25 team, kind of sitting right there on the outside. Yeah, they played Old Miss and put a little ass-kicking on, on the Rebels. It's kind of interesting to see what they're, they're going to be this year. Finished 8-5, right? Yeah, they finished 8-5, man. Ending on a four-game win streak as well. Yeah, so they're coming in hot. 
So who are these receivers that Bo Nix is going to be throwing to? So as the one everybody knows about is Troy Franklin. That should be on everybody's radar. He's the freak. I mean, he's he's the top dog. Troy Franklin came in with 891 yards with 61 receptions and nine touchdowns last year. 14.6 yards per catch. Damn good. I mean, he's only he only got 600 more yards than he got in 2021. If that projects to next year. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, as far as wide receivers, we're, we're stacked. We've, we've had people transfer out. We've brought people in. The freshman that everybody's looking at, he's sitting third on the depth chart right behind Troy Franklin, and that's Jury and Dickey. That's our five-star wide receiver we brought in. We, we pulled a lot to get him there, and everybody's very excited to be using him. But also, one that I want to point out the most, Trayshawn Holden's Alabama transfer. He's a good good one, but who I'm looking for is Tez Johnson. That is Bo Nix's adopted brother. I saw something on the Twitter about that earlier today. Yeah, and you just said on uh, the big one, and you said Johnson all in the same sentence. What are you thinking about over there? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I got something else on my mind. You think of that Big Ten big money cock you talked about. Oh, yeah. We are trying to down that for a little while. Finally managed to, to get around to it. But yeah, no, Tez Johnson's one that excites us. He's, you know, coming out of coming out of high school, he was a three-star recruit, but you know, he's he's one of the top transfer receivers. Uh that connection he's going to have with Bo Nix is huge. He's taking a step forward with us, and we're looking forward to what he can do. He's coming out of Troy. Is where he's coming out of, and uh, hopefully he can continue to make his name. Yeah, I mean, Troy's a great program. They seem to always have somebody who transfers out and does well, and they always shock some teams. Yeah. There's a couple other guys on the list, just under 500 yards to Chase Coda and Chris Hudson. So Chase Coda, he had a good season last year, and now he's an undrafted free agent with the Detroit Lions, and he's actually out there tearing it up. He's the talk of the town in Detroit right now. But uh, I think he's going to make a roster spot and could be their number number four receiver is what I'm hearing. Chris Hudson is back. We've had we've had a, we've lost a couple people that you know we're gonna miss. Yeah, Tennessee stole one from us, who I think is their number one receiver now. And then Terrence Ferguson is a good tight end. Let's. Yeah, no, Terrence Ferguson. We we are low at tight end depth. We've had to rely on some transfers because we had some people transfer out. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on, man, and giving us a little Oregon update. I know everybody's excited. Getting of the football season is upon us. we got week zero coming up. Obviously, week one is the big party. But, man, we're all ready. Thanks for giving us that duck update. We'll talk to you next time, Jamie the Duck. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back again. Look forward to the future. This time next week, we'll be talking about scores of the football games. Hell, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Peace out. See you. Later. Big. 10 Roundup. So, Beave, let's take a look at some of these schools we haven't talked about yet. So, first up, Northwestern. Boy, they smell of overused shower drains this year, pun intended. Uh, Obviously, Fitzpatrick has been fired. For the hazing that went on there at the program, his remaining staff decided to wear shirts, kind of supporting him in an opening practice in the fall here. It's kind of an interesting take from the team. Last year, they finished 94th in passing, so you're not going to get any fireworks from this Northwestern team. They finished 13th in defense, so you know they can slow people down. But with Pitts being out and being a defensive-minded coach, who knows where they go from there. They're slowing those freshmen down in the showers pretty good, aren't they? Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. You know, freshman orientation, I guess, takes a good uh, three or four days and scars you for a lifetime. But, yeah, they got the over and under odds at three. 
I would bet under if I if I'm anybody. Some of the cool things they got going on there. Trying to get a new stadium out that way. Uh, the Ryan family that Ryan Fields named after. They already donated over half of what they need. It's eight hundred million dollars stadium. It's going to be a covered stadium. It's going to be a little bit forty seven thousand fans. A little bit smallish venue, but they will have permanent lighting. You know, this season for Northwestern should go as smooth as a freshman orientation. Oh yeah, come on in, join us. It'll be a fabulous time. Yeah, maybe they'd be a little bit better at football if they weren't too busy. Busy all sussed up in the shower. Hold my beer, Penn State. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's quite that bad, but uh, yeah, to speak about that, you know, let's get on Rutgers. Rutgers have been going in the right direction under Greg, another shower incident Shiano. It took him five years to take Rutgers bowling the first time he was there. He's obviously back for his second time. This is their fourth season on his second stint. Vegas has him at four and a half for the season. Don't see him going bowling this year, but they definitely have been way more competitive since his return. Uh, once he hey, got... AJ. What's up? AJ, I Googled Rutgers. I don't know where you're getting all of this, but Google says that Rutgers does not have a football team. <laughs> Man, no doubt. Like when I was Googling it and trying to do some research and, and see what topics we could talk about when it come to Rutgers, uh, Google had a hard time translating it and was just putting up questions. Did you mean another football team? Did you mean anyone else? Any other team we can get you information on, just not Rutgers. <laughs> that was pretty much the treatment I got from uh any search engine that I looked them up. And I still think, what, they're the first football team and no one's seen them since? Let's get into some real football. Let's talk Maryland. Let's do it. Let's Crap talk Maryland. and football. I think Mike Loxley took that to heart and he's just been eating a shit ton of crab cakes. He is trying to put Brett Billima on record being like, yo, I got the biggest waistline. See what you can do. Can you top that? Can you top that 54-incher? Bielema might give them a little challenge, you know, throw them in a ring and let them do a little sumo action with each other. But, man, they finished 8-5 and five last year. They got a halfway decent football team and possibly could get better. They made some coaching moves in the offseason. They have Kevin Sumlin as the associate head coach. You know, the guy who coached Johnny Football at Texas A&M. Go ahead and watch that on Netflix. It's average at best. Some better stuff. His discipline at any organization has got to be key to their success. I mean, he really brings out the discipline when it comes to his football players. Oh, for sure. And Josh Gaddis used to be Miami's offensive coordinator, is now at Maryland. Also used to be Michigan's offensive coordinator. There was some controversy around him, you know, at both stops. Something happened at Michigan. It may have been just Jim Harbaugh going to interview for the Minnesota Vikings and him being butthurt because he didn't get escalated to the first coach or just because Harbaugh said he was coming back and they were looking for a great season, which they ended up having. It's just Gaddis wasn't the offensive coordinator. But then he went to Miami, which is also an up-and-coming team, possibly, with Cristobal being down there coaching the Miami Hurricanes. But he's no longer there, you know? I've heard some rumors about him up at Michigan that he wasn't getting the job done, so Harbaugh had to pull back the reins and take over some of the duties for him. And then obviously promoted for him to get the job at Miami. So it's like, hey, come get my guy. But it was more like, hey, come get my guy because I want him out of here. Uh, so he kind of got talked up at Miami. And then obviously Miami, they weren't uh, putting up with what he had to do. I mean, he had that 2007 Madden playbook and apparently wasn't flying. But if you look at Mike Loxley, he made some headlines on Twitter, which is now X. Mike Loxley in his huge waistline has stated 
our program has reached a point where we can say we're here to compete for Big Ten championships. You haven't heard me say that in the previous four times I've been in front of you guys. But he's saying it now. And they do have some offensive power. People responded to him and said things like, in what sport? You know, they do have a strong basketball. So fans were giving them shit, but man, they finished 8-5 and five last year. They have some good, good offensive firepower. Talia Tungavailoa, he had 3,000 yards as a quarterback last year. They have uh, Rusher returning. <clears throat> Roman Hempy, he had almost 1,000 yards. And then they have some good receivers. Rakeem Jarrett, everyone everyone knows about him. I mean, he had almost 500 yards, three touchdowns. And then they have Ja'Shawn Jones, again, 557, 557 yards, 44 receptions, and four touchdowns. So they have some firepower coming back for sure. It's what they're gonna. It's what they're gonna have on defense that really matters. Yeah, I mean, the reason they're not gonna win the Big Ten, they can compete offensively, but like you said, the defense has got issues. But man, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, all stand in their way. If they were in the Big Ten West, where you had a wide open, easy roads to drive through, they would be in the Big Ten championship game, no doubt. But since Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan's in their way, forget about it. Not happening. But that's not it. Look at what their crossover games are. They have at Nebraska, and they have Illinois. I mean, so they actually do have. A decent crossover. They might be able to hammer that out. And, but they, yeah, stuck in the Big Ten East is a tough place to be. Now, some of their fans, if you look at their message boards, are calling for possibly beating just one of Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, and that'll make their season. And I think they're good enough to do that. I think that could definitely happen. They could definitely shock one of those teams. You come in a little too comfortable, uh, you start looking past them a little bit, and boy, you're going to get snake bit. Or should I say you get a full dose of crab yes, cakes. Sir. So what you got on Michigan State? I know you're going to break down Michigan State, so let's see what you got to say about them. Game. Okay, talking Michigan State now, probably the best news that they got coming out is they plan to sell alcohol at four home games this year, so people will be shit-faced at Michigan State. Those Spartans going to be drunk as fuck. Um, you got to go back all the way to Mel Tucker's hiring to really get to know anything about Michigan State because it, it's a tough situation right now. When, they, when he came in, they were 2-5 and five for the COVID season. Then the next year, they got 19 transfers in, in, in what is essentially Mel Tucker's first year. And I don't know what it is about Colorado football coaches, but they love the transfer portal. But the thing about it is I think Prime has got the recruiting classes. Primetime is getting those recruits in still while he's getting the transfers. And that's something I don't think Mel Tucker really planned for. He lost some of those recruits. It's kind of like basketball one and done season. He lost all those people that came in. He's the $10 million man now. 10 years, $95 million after that 11-2 and two season that really sparked big interest for them. But now you got to look at their leaders from last year. Peyton Thorne, gone. Where is he starting at? Auburn. Jalen Berger, their top running back, is back. But their top receiver, who had 700 and almost 800 yards receiving, now is at Florida State. They have their top tackler back, Cal Holiday. But Peyton Thorne, he had 2,679 yards, and he will be in Auburn. Starting so you're telling me they lived by the sword, and now they're dying by the sword? They did, yeah. And, you know, they got to recruit guys. They can't rely on that transfer portal unless they're getting 19 guys every year, and they're not. No, I agree. It looks like they won one by the transfer portal. Now their demise seems to be the transfer portal, but maybe, maybe he can turn around. He's definitely getting paid enough money to do so. So, you know what? You better figure it out. So I think, you know, 
real expectations. Seven and five, eight and six season is really, you know, just hoping to go bowling and then get themselves yeah, back on the right feels track. That way. But man, you're not getting rid of Mel Tucker anytime soon. His buyout's through the roof. So they paid a lot of money. He better be showing it. Better be showing it soon. You know he's laughing all the way at the bank. He's like, man, I got all this pay. All I had to do was put in one good season. Yeah, I mean, he's, I'm going to be set for the rest of my life. He's kind of in that area where it doesn't matter anymore. He can do whatever the hell he wants, right? Oh, I agree. Try hard. Don't try hard. Whatever. He got paid. He's getting money no matter what, so it doesn't matter. I mean, that $10 million, Michigan State, Mel Tucker. That is yeah. insane. Insane. He has done nothing. You don't. You didn't even have to do anything. It was just that weird year after COVID where everyone was just throwing money at people. Just we want to keep him. We want to keep him. He's going to get poached by someone else, and he got insane. Oh, he definitely took advantage of that fear. So you got anyone else on our Big Ten roundup? Yeah, let's end the roundup over in Indiana. We got Tom Holland. He's definitely lost his mojo since he first arrived in Indiana. He hasn't really done anything since his first few years there. He hasn't been able to get the program up. Doesn't look like he has a prescription for anything to help him get it up, which is a shame because they sell the pills pretty easily. You can just pick them up anywhere. Yeah, that blue I mean, shoe. shit's all over. That blue shoe, I think, is uh, passing around Facebook everywhere. Don't know anything mm. about it, but no Viagra. So there is no love. The love is gone. The L-E-O, there's no L. There, there's no L. There's not, no a, there's the not even an erection. Yeah, he's definitely he's bringing in the worst defense in the Big Ten last year. Uh, you know, they're still able to score somehow. I don't know how they bring it home to the ladies, but they're still able to score. Uh, but that defense struggles with a Pop Warner-type offense. I mean, he's trying his best. He brought in 22 new transfers from the transfer portal, so maybe oh, good. maybe he found some gems in the in the transfer portal. Pulling the old they Mel have been Tucker. Six and, yeah, he's trying to pull Mel Tucker, trying to get on that Dion Neon. He don't look like anything like Dion or Mel Tucker. He looks like somebody you should probably keep your kids away from. Yeah, keep your uh, definitely sons, don't want to trust him babysitting. Hide your wives. But yeah, Indiana is 6-19 and 19 in the last 25 games. Doesn't appear to be... Ouch getting any better by vegas they're still a three and a half win team so i'm not sure if they hit over or under but either way if you hit four you hit three not a good day pretty much wasted everybody's time talking about kind of the dumpster fires in the big 10 right now at least Rutgers is, is digging out of it but it looks like indiana and northwestern are going the opposite way from the teams i talked about and you could probably say the same thing about michigan state but yeah maryland watch out they're actually starting to build well you know tom petty said it best and we're getting so close <laughs> Just waiting for football season, baby. It's coming. One more week, B, and the season is here. One more week. God bless y'all. Big Ten Backers are out. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also, visit the website, NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.